wild cards back in this week. Let's get into it this week on Dropping Sunday. Hey, hey, welcome to Dropping Sunday. I'm one of your hosts, Seth. And I am your other host, Andrea. If this is your first time around here, Dropping Sunday is a semi-reverent look at Christian pop culture. Just a couple of notes. We are not here to get you saved. We're also not here to tick you off. Although if either of those things happen, we want to know. Yes, this is a podcast by Christians for Christians, but you don't need to believe to belong. You can join the conversation at Dropping Sunday on all the things. Hey, Andrea. Yeah. How's your heart? (laughs) I wanted the beat to drop. Very dramatic. Yeah. Very dramatic. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. It's a little tired this week. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a long week. It's a long week. Yeah. Yeah, for it's sure. It's good, though. Anything exciting happen for you this week? Well, literally just before we started recording, I yeah. found out I was accepted to TWU. Oh, fantastic. So look Con- at that. Congratulations. Going back to school for like the 12th time? Well, you know. No, not really. Like, I think the third time. People got to learn. People got to learn. It's fine. So yeah, that's exciting. I'm excited. I'm excited too. I'm I'm also excited because uh, um, the the wild card is uh, is here in the building. Yeah, she is. Mm. There she goes. Oh, hey. We're excited, oh, but we're yeah. also terrified. Yeah, yeah. You always make it a little little nervous, but you know, I'll say this: the last time you were on. Um, episode 71 was yay or nay. And it's honestly one of my favorite shows that <laughs> we've ever so done. Fun. Uh, you created a game, you, you had crafts. It was, it was fantastic. Um, it's actually the show when people say, which episode should I go back and listen to? Go back and listen to 70, 71, yay or nay. It's kind of a good snapshot for everything. So yeah. glad you're here. Hey, hon. Yo. Oh, Hey, I just realized Yo. she hadn't said anything yet. She I was hadn't. like, yeah. like, let's make sure that people don't think that we're lying to them. <laughs> So I had a weird week this week. Um, Tell us about it. Well, Monday I had to get up and go to uh, to Nashville for work. That, that's where our corporate office is. And so I get through uh, get through security and I, and I get to the gate. And I kind of squat down to go back through my bag, get everything that I need to get on the airplane. Yeah. And someone comes and sits literally on my back, like <laughs> butt cheeks on shoulders, like as I'm squatted that's down. That's awkward. Yeah. And I was not happy. It was like six in the morning, uh, you know, on a, on a Monday morning. Are you a little grumpy? Not, I've been in better moods. And so I was like, I'm, what, what in the world? I stand up and it's friend of the show, Gerard Woods. He's been on before. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so uh, I was super excited and I was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm going, going to Nashville to sing. And I was like, oh, okay, who are you recording with? And he goes, no, 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 we got a concert with CC tonight. And I was like, oh, CC Winehands, okay. And I was like, uh, that's cool. He goes, you want to go? <laughs> um, yeah. I go, well, where is it? And he got, I don't know, it's somewhere in Franklin. And I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll be in Brentwood. It's not that far. It's like right. a 15 minute drive. Yeah, sure. I'll, 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 I had other plans. I'm gonna change those plans. I'm gonna go to this. Mm-hmm. So, um, everything kind of worked out for me to be able to go, and I was pretty excited about it. And uh, and then I show up. And uh, have to park in the middle of a field. And I'm like, this doesn't feel right for a CC Winans concert. I had kind of prepared myself for uh-huh. a gospel concert. Right. That's not what it was. What was it? It ended up being a worship leaders conference. Okay. And so I walked up to an old barn in, on this estate that's like a pre-Civil War estate that this church has bought and like retrofitted all this stuff. And I walk up and I'm like, man, that voice sounds familiar. That Charity Gale, and like, oh, I I know that voice, and so Charity Gale and her 
Is she married? Yeah. Okay, yeah, Ryan. That's her husband. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Well, I would hope that that's her husband the way that, that, that he touched her. So um, that was in a, that sounded worse than it was. But he was like lovingly what, touching what her back. What kind of conference was this? Yeah, yeah. Worship Leaders Conference. And so uh, so that was cool. And then like uh, Red Rocks Worship got up after them. And I was like, well, that's cool. And then like Pat Barrett and John Furman, like all these worship leaders. All these people. Came, and then and then Cece got up about an hour and a half late and nobody cared at all. She didn't care. They and, and just kind of continued on into the evening. It was just a really, really cool, that is very uh, cool. a really cool event. And, and they were uh, worshiping the round. So they were in the middle of the room and everybody was surrounded in the room in the barn, open air barn. There's like bugs flying around there. There's like June bugs flying into Cece's hair and stuff like that. You know, it's just kind of fun. But uh, afterwards, I see Gerard again and, mm-hmm. and he goes, hey, let me introduce you to Cece. And I'm like... Yeah, man, this is going to be on the show for sure. Me meeting Cece is going to be on the show. Yeah. And so we kind of walked to the green room area and they say, oh, Cece just left. And I was like, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. I, I don't, I should not meet Cece. No. One and, uh, I think ever. Uh, I think one degree of separation is probably good enough. Yeah, that's probably going to work. Yeah. So it was a, it was a weird week. So let's, uh, let's do a, a new segment. Can we do that? We can. Let's, uh, let's, let's check in with Christian Twitter. Let's do that. All right. What you got? <laughs> that was a really quick. Oh, you, you want the whole thing? Yeah, that's obnoxious, isn't it? Uh-huh. Like the whole thing. Yeah, I yeah, like that, it. Yeah. Next time I'll do it a little quicker. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I found, I just found a few of my favorite tweets this week. I love and it. I thought this is going to be fun. Let's do it. So this is from Bad Church. Uh, secretary, uh-huh. not secretary, but secretary. Secretary. Um, yeah, she said to save money on electricity, we put lights on motion sensors, uh, but the sanctuary lights kept turning off in the middle of worship services. Oh wow! <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, okay, so here's this is a good one. Okay. I really like this. This is from Pastor Robert Morris at Gateway Church. Mm-hmm. He said, "God's judgment isn't chasing you; His goodness is chasing you." Mm. Those of you who are running from God, all you have to do is stop running from Him, and His goodness and mercy will run into you. That's Isn't that good. good? That's a good thought. I mean, how many people are running from God because they think something bad is coming after them? But yeah. that's not what the Bible says. That's awesome. It's good. It's good. All right, this is the last one. Okay. And I debated whether or not to share this. So have we talked about the, uh, basically it's an anti-woke conference, church conference that is happening. Have we talked about this? No. No. So it's, <laughs> she was like, no. Um, so it is a church that they think that the word woke is bad. And so they're basically hosting a conference um, coming against it. And explaining all the reasons why the, the word woke. The word woke or the concept of being woke? The concept of being woke. Okay. Do they know what being woke means? Yeah. That's a whole that's a whole nother discussion. However, uh, this week on Twitter, someone asked the question, has a woke friend ever cut you out of their life? And my favorite tweeter. <laughs> is that the word? Yeah. Tweeter? Yeah, perfect. Beth Moore. Mm-hmm. Sister Beth Moore. She responded... And she says, I'm sincere when I say I'm not sure how you're defining woke here. I think it's now being used as a catch all. But I will tell you without a doubt and truly without the intention of being contentious, I have had no few racists cut me out of their lives. And I'm like, wow, mic drop, Sister Beth. I appreciate it. So 
there you go. Those are some of my favorite tweets from the week. That's awesome. There we go. So, honey, you uh, let me rephrase because people will think that I'm calling Andre, honey. So, Jules. He's not. Yeah. So, Jules, you, uh, I, I see that you brought a prop. I did. Okay. Um, you've been really excited about it. I have. You have. Uh, Jill, Jill helped me. Okay. Our, our daughter helped which doesn't make me feel any better about it. So so tell me what we got here. What, what are we looking okay, at? Okay, so this is a game. and <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to take a picture of this, and I will I will post it to, to the socials, at uh, Sethford, at Dropping Sunday. Okay, yes, so yes. here we go. Okay, so this game I have entitled This or That. Okay. The title has nothing to do with the game. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Have you heard the show? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So you have to kind of imagine kind of like a um, Jeopardy board. Okay. So we've got three categories and different boxes under each category. Okay. Uh And then a final battle. So this is a debate game. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. Y'all are going to play rock, paper, scissors to see who goes first. Stop cracking your knuckles. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. You're going to play rock, paper, scissors to see who goes first. Okay. Okay. Then whoever wins gets to pick the category and pick their first box. So there's six boxes under each category and there's three categories. Okay. The categories are named music, books, and preachers. Okay. Okay. Now there's a final battle, which is worth double points. Okay. 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 And you will find out the subject of your final battle. And you can pick one of these categories. Listen. Okay. So you will have to pick either side. Now, here's the deal. It's a debate. So whatever you pick underneath this box, you have to debate for that person. Oh, okay. For that thing. This is not. This is not fair. Okay. Regardless <laughs> of whether or not you agree with it. Yes. Okay. Regardless. Oh, that's the position no. you're okay. taking. Okay. He's, He's so good at this. This is going to be Because he great. enjoys pissing people off. Well, get ready. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what did I say before we started? We're not going to be pissy tonight. Okay. And I am taking already. it back. You're, you're listen, already. Listen. You thought it was going to be us. It's not. It's listen, just you. Listen, listen, listen. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. There's some caveats to this game. You get one rechoose per main category okay so, so music books preachers if we uh, we can look at it and go nope we're not doing that only one. once only once okay. per all three categories okay yes. and then do we also get a rechoose on the final battle you get a rechoose for the final battle okay. but you both have to agree that you're rechoosing okay okay on the final battle or on both on the final no on the final battle okay 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 so it got it i i feel like i understand it but i'm also looking at it so uh-huh. we'll we'll try to we'll try to link to something in the show notes so that you can kind of see what we're looking at here so you get one veto per yeah main we, game. yeah I, we get it and so as we go along i think that we'll we'll the listeners will be able to fully fully follow along here yes okay um I just want to point out, she is called the wild card wife because when we started this show almost two years ago, we and we were talking about it. She was like, I want to come on occasionally and just throw something out there at you guys and, and we'll call it wild card wife. Like this was. And she's lived up to it. Yes. Every single time. Um, this one's going to be awesome. Okay. Are we ready to get started? Yes. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the main event.
Okay, so the first ever game of this or that. No, no, we're not. Is the answer? Um, okay. And my eleven-year-old daughter helped us with okay. this. Okay, yes. so let's. Um, okay. We have to do paper rock scissors. Yes. I can't just defer and let her go first. No. Oh goodness gracious! It's paper rock scissors shoot. I don't rock, know how paper, you play. Si- rock paper scissors shoot. What did I say? Paper, rock, scissors. I got it out of order. Mm-hmm. This is what our, know we're already debating. Okay, yep. fantastic. No fire, okay, ready? No rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. <laughs> oh my gosh. We got two papers and two rock, scissors. Paper, scissors. <laughs> <laughs> two papers. Listen, we've been doing the show for almost two years. <laughs> Never done this before. Okay. <laughs> okay. Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> there we go. All right. So I have to go first? Yes. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> We are in sync. And by the way, if you think that we didn't pantomime all the way through where I threw scissors and she threw paper and I took the fingers and actually cut <laughs> no, her no. paper. Yeah. You have to do it all the way. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's go with, um, you know what? Let's go with music two. Music two. Okay. She's got to pick hers next. So oh, okay. Okay. Oh, I now understand. He didn't, he didn't get it before. So right. she's going to pick something also in music and we're going to have to do. De- oh, no. <laughs> I don't like this at all. Okay. So. Um, I will take number five. <clears throat> some of these go together. Some of them completely don't, but it doesn't matter. You have to debate. Okay. You're, you're a person regardless. Okay, here we go. So I'm going to go first. Music two says Phil Wickham. Okay. Versus. Versus. Uh-oh. We've, we've broken her already. <laughs> it's the first one and we've already broken her. Carrie Job. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <sighs> okay, so we have Phil Wickham versus Carrie Job, and we are going to debate. And then I'm just wait. Who are you? The judge, Jules? I am, I am the judge. Oh, wait. She, there's a singular judge. Yes. You like her more than you like me. Well, I mean, I do. But <laughs> I mean, that's, why are you that's so like, offended? We're married, <laughs> and you're like, how dare you like your husband more than your friend? It was the way she said it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> Okay. Um, opening arguments, I guess. Yes. Okay. Okay. Go. So, um, Phil Wickham is a uh, modern day psalmist. Uh, what he writes is not only trendy and catchy for the radio, but it is also um, translates very well into uh, church life and into Sunday morning worship. What he writes is original music, and so he is very much a singer-songwriter in the form of David, uh, King David. So mm-hmm. he is a more of a Davidic uh, worship leader as opposed to uh, as opposed to anywhere else. That's why I feel like Phil Wickham is the the best uh, the best in this category. I defer. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, you, 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 have, you have. You have to debate. Yeah, I was kidding, you guys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh gosh. So listen. I can I can draw on personal experience with Carrie Job, right? Sure. Yeah, you can. So, yeah, absolutely. So Carrie Job, I when I started working at Bethesda and started going to New Breed camps, those were run by her dad, and she led worship there. And you know, here's the thing about Carrie: she can relate 
to a lot of ages and a lot of generations. And so I saw her, I watched her as she related to these campers Mm. and also to the leaders that were there and really drew them into worship. She was able to lead the way into the throne room. She was able to draw them in and make them want to worship, make them want to sing. And I don't know if you've seen teenagers these days, they don't always want to do that. And so I watched her do that. And then as she's continued in her ministry and she's gotten, she's grown, she's written songs that are um, just really going around the world. I think about the the song, The Blessing, and how uh, the impact that it's had. And so for that reason, I think that she is able to work with a lot of different people and kind of fit into a lot of different styles as well as relate to a lot of different ages. Okay. Um, I understand your point. I mean, we all know how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) Even the listeners know how I feel. So anyway, uh, that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it fun. Um, so I, I, no, I understand. It's it's going to be really easy, I think, convincing everyone that Carrie Job is not as good as Phil Wickham. However, um, let's try. I, I'm going to speak. I, I don't want to just speak against Carrie Job, but I feel like that has to be part of each round of the debates. Is that I have to rip oh, yeah. apart who you have? Yes. And so, um, so let me just say that. Uh, the Blessing is not just written by Carrie Job. It's also written by Cody Carnes. And um, if you look at a lot of them, what, is it not? I no, mean, you're, uh, no, I just thought you were going in a different direction. Um, it, it's also you're written by 50 million other people. Um, I, she doesn't write her own songs. And while I, I think that she under, I think that it's okay to say that like she's a good worship leader. Um, I, I don't know that she is necessarily uh, on the same level as far as a songwriter and former as, as Phil Wickham. Carrie Job has a, uh, has a very reproducible voice, which is why I think that she's been popular, uh, because I think that anybody can sound like her. I don't think that she sounds special. Phil Wickham sounds special. And that's why I think that, uh, that he's better. Okay. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I disagree. Yeah. I do think that Phil Wickham has uh, a common sound. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a, Chris Tomlin, Matt Redman. I mean, we could talk about a bunch of uh, male singer songwriters that all have kind of the same tone, the same voice, the same the same sound. Yeah. And even with their um, uh, one thing that Phil Wickham does that that drives me crazy is when he writes a song and he always jumps an octave at some point in the song. Oh, I can't argue against that. I, I also hate that because I don't have the same range. I'm so like, it listen, helps me not do his music. Yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. How am you. I supposed to lead your 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 yeah. song when you're going to be doing that? And yeah, I can't. I can't do that. So that makes it hard. Uh, I've not heard Carrie Job doing that. Yeah, uh, it's probably because she's not good enough to do it. Um, or so because I don't listen to her. Well, <sighs> stop, stop. Sorry, I'm sorry. I just tell you. Might be because he's just not good enough to do it. But um, I'll say that uh, the other thing about uh, Phil Wickham is that he literally went through a time when uh, he lost his voice. And when I say lost his voice, I mean, he could not speak, could not sing, could not do anything and has come back from that. I feel like, uh, I mean, the vibe that I get from Carrie Job is that like the hardest thing she's gone through is like every year when the pumpkin spice latte goes away. That's kind wow. of the overall feeling that I get as far as her hardships. I, I don't know her story. So uh 
Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Earlier, you started to say something um, about. I might have edited that out. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, I think you okay. left it about Cody Carnes. Yeah. And Carrie Job uh, writing together, which you're not wrong. I mean, they're yeah. they're married. They're a husband and wife, so they do. I kind of believe that Cody is hanging on to Carrie's coattails a little bit. If we're going to be perfectly honest. Wow. Wow. I am getting no. But by the way, uh, Cody's not involved in this debate, but you are not wrong. And so I don't know how this like helps your character because I felt. Is your argument that Carrie Job is so great that she can even make Cody Cody Carnes like relevant? I mean, listen, would we have known his name? No. Outside outside of North Texas, outside of Gateway? No, no. Probably not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she grabbed him and brought him along, mm, and now his this is a hard decision. His yeah. name is is up there with hers. I mean, not quite as high, but yeah, it's there. Um, right. Closing points. Okay, closing points. I've got one closing point here. Is that um, when uh, a, a bunch of nationalistic um, right wing conservative Christian worship leaders decided to go to the White House with people like Sean um, and pray over uh, number 45. Um, You saw Carrie Job there, but but you didn't see Phil Wickham. So I think that that in and of itself is a really strong point. Andre, I don't think even you need to speak. (laughs) All I would say is we don't know that she wasn't there praying him out of the White House. Well, we don't uh, know. So you're saying that the uh, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous woman <laughs> got Trump out of the White House? Is that what you're saying? You're claiming that Carrie Joe prayed Donald Trump out of the White I'm House. I'm saying we don't know, so that's not a good argument. All right. But we do know that Phil Wickham was not there and did not pray for or against him. So <laughs> Seth, you win this battle. Wow. Okay. I feel like we need to reset and just remind everybody that we are making arguments that we may or may or may not necessarily believe in or agree with for the sake of this terrible game. What are you doing? You are going to get us canceled. Like I like you're like lean into it. I'm like, okay, I'll lean into it, but I need to just say No, people are gonna be upset at us, but okay. Yeah, they're used to it. Okay. I am just okay. I can't believe some of the things that came out of my mouth. I can't believe you said such positive things. Okay, so does she get to do the next yes, picks? She gets to pick her next okay. Round. Okay, so we're doing books. Oh, oh gosh! Oh man! I'm afraid. I'm well, afraid of all of them. I will Let's say be music honest. is the easy round. Before I really fully understood the game, I felt like music we were going to be pretty equal on books. I was going to be a little bit stronger, and preachers he was going to be a little bit stronger. Okay. Now, now, obviously, that's not true. I feel like books. it's all out the window. By the way, yeah. had you not picked Carrie Job, this would that would have been a way different round. Yes. But very yeah. different. Okay. So I will also say that books can be it's Christian top selling Christian books. So they could be of the same genre or, yeah, not. or not. Okay. So, but okay. either way, you no matter you what, to, you have to. Yep. Battle. Okay. Um. Yeah. Let's do books, and I'm going to do number three. You know, I'm going, I'm going to go right next door and say number four. All right. Okay. Go for it. And my book is (laughs) 
Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. And my book is Financial Peace University. <laughs> Financial Peace by <laughs> Oh, gosh. I hate this game so much already. This is so great. I mean, I hate it too, but this yeah. is so great. Okay. So um, you get to start with opening statements. <laughs> By the way, guys, if you think that we're like pausing the show and taking a moment and gathering our thoughts, we are not. We're just going for just it. going for it. The Purpose Driven Life. It is a book written by Rick Warren of Saddleback Church in California, and it has sold 12 million copies. That's, that's a lot. They're, they're I think bouts. it's like the, mo- like it's the highest. I think so. I think it even beats Joel Osteen's books. Um, so there you have it. Um, so yeah, so I think that the reason The Purpose Driven, uh, Driven Life is the, the best of these two books is because beyond the fact that it has sold so many copies. It has probably been printed in multiple languages, gone around the world. Um, it really speaks to people because I think one of the the biggest things that people are looking for in their life is purpose. They want to know that they have a purpose, that what they're doing in life matters, and that what they uh, what they bring to the table, what they bring to their their family, to their friends, to their church matters. And so I think that that's why this book is better. The book that I have is uh, is Financial Peace uh, by Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Uh, why I think that this book is, uh, is stellar is because it deals with things on a very practical level for all people, regardless of religion, regardless of whatever. It, it is accessible for, uh, for believers, for non-believers, uh, and it is working toward getting people to a financial healthier place for themselves and also to better uh, to better life for other people. So um, it, uh, it is also very simplistic. It's seven simple steps and that's all it takes. And so um, I, I feel like it is a little bit more accessible for believers, non-believers. It also deals with something um, that not, not all Christians are really willing to lean into, which is uh, finances and income. So well, in the purpose driven life, there are like five purposes. So yeah. that's two less than seven. Um, wow. <laughs> We're doing also, math here. Also, um, well, which you should like. I mean, you're talking about financial peace. Yeah. Just money. Uh, no, also, Rick Horn was, was inspired by Billy Graham. So mm-hmm. I don't really know how you can beat that because um, he is America's pastor. Okay. Also, I think that. I understand what you're saying that it's accessible for Christians and non-Christians, but you know what? Non-Christians are also looking for purpose. And I think that the way that, that Rick Warren approaches uh, this study, this purpose-driven life is you can find purpose. Even if you're not a Christian, if you're not in a church, you can find purpose, but ultimately this book can lead you to the ultimate purpose of our life, which is to bring glory to God. So non-Christians are getting a gospel message and getting a a chance to be exposed to Christianity, be exposed to God and what he has for their lives. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, you make a fair argument. Rick Warren in and of himself is uh, can be a challenging character mm-hmm. um, in Christendom because of his tight relationships with people like Oprah, 
with his kind of lackadaisical gospel um, of uh, and, and his, uh, you know, I mean, you said he even beat out Joel Osteen, but a lot of people put Rick Warren and Joel Osteen in, in the same mm-hmm. type of camp. Um, with with Dave Ramsey, you know exactly where he is. He tells you right from the beginning. And so there's not really a whole lot of artifice there. He calls stupid, stupid, you know, and, and he'll, and he, he's also pretty accessible on his radio shows where he kind of focuses everything back toward this brand. The Dave Ramsey brand and the, the financial peace brand is so much bigger than just one book, one study mm-hmm. series. Um, and then, okay, it's been 20 years. Let's rebrand it and put it back out again. It's, it's, it's just one thing over and over and over again. And because of that, a lot of people have had their lives changed. I know people have had their lives changed with, 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 with Rick Warren, but I do know more people that have actually completed Financial Peace University than I know people who have actually completed uh, a 40-day study of uh, in the, um, the purpose-driven life. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to point fingers at anybody, but I might have six copies of Purpose-Driven Life in the house. None of them have been finished yeah. by anyone in the Closing house. statements. My closing statement would be this. Dave Ramsey has been mentioned on our show a handful of times. Very few of those have been positive. (laughs) So he does have some negative aspects in in what he does. I also know a lot of people that have dropped out of Financial Peace University. So we have some that have completed it, but I know probably, I personally probably know more that have dropped out than have finished it. Okay. Um, This is what I'll say is that Dave Ramsey knows exactly how he wants to treat women and uh, Rick Warren can't decide if they should be pastors or not. So um, they shouldn't be preachers. And uh, can we just lead into other things? (laughs) You're you're hitting below the belt with that, but I'm going to say this goes to Andrea. Yeah, I agree. Goodness gracious. Because Dave Ramsey um, sold me a bad washing machine. <laughs> That's what I was waiting on. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't going to bring it up, but also if I needed to, I was. Gonna. Yeah, Dave Ramsey personally saved me hundreds of dollars, and then cost and me thousands cost of dollars. You even more. <laughs> okay, um, so do, now it's my turn. We got to go into the preachers category next. I'm going to go. You know what? Number one preachers. Number one with a bullet. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll go with number six. Oh wow! Bookends. Yeah. Bookends. Felt right. Oh my gosh. No. All right. Oh, okay. Number one is (laughs) There is a God. Mark Driscoll. Oh no. (laughs) Okay. Oh. Number six. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Whose is yours? (laughs) (laughs) COVID nineteen. All right, here we go. You have to argue for it. He goes first. All of this is going to be satire. Okay, you guys? 100% of this is satire. Okay, here we go. You ready? Okay. Mark Driscoll. Let's let's talk about him. So Mark Driscoll is one of the uh, youngest um, and uh, most successful uh, megachurch pastors in history. Okay? He took a unchurched city of Seattle and went from a Bible study to 15,000 people in a number of years. He was able to do that by being a hard-hitting, um, in-your-face preacher that did not ne- that never, ever shied away from the gospel. He, 
Now, while some people might say that hour-long sermons aren't necessarily beneficial, it was definitely beneficial for for his uh, the audience that he was actually trying to get to. Uh, he has a photographic memory. It takes him as long to prepare for a sermon as it does to preach a sermon because his memory is that good. Most people spend 40, 50 hours preparing a sermon. He goes through and, ba- and just does everything. He reads a book a day. I mean, this guy is super, super smart. Um, he loves Jesus and he loves God's people. That is the preacher, Mark Driscoll. This is the preacher category. Mm-hmm. All right, preacher category. Here we go. So, preacher, find right. a better preacher. I dare you. Uh, okay. Um, okay. So, Kenneth Copeland, he has had a very long ministry. He has been in ministry since the 60s. He has built from the ground up a ministry right here in Fort Worth, Texas, um, that is still, uh, ministering to people. It is still reaching out to people. It is still touching people today. Um, he has a plane. He has, uh, he has a compound. Um, he, you're supposed to be making arguments for, I am trying my hardest. (laughs) He is on TV. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not going to win this round. Uh, yeah, that's Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> okay, so um, let me let me okay. tell you the problems with Kenneth Copeland here. Um, Kenneth Copeland is a prosperity gospel teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been around so long. He's able to have a compound, an airplane, and all that other stuff. Prosperity gospel works really well when your address is at the end of the television show. And so uh, he has been known to take advantage of people and also... I don't know if you've seen recent interviews with him. There's something wrong with his face. Um, there's just generally like there's there's yeah. something something uh, wrong with him. Now I do have to praise him because he did give us this drop, COVID nineteen, which I'm very very thankful yeah. for. Um, but also the whole purpose of that drop was the fact that he's crazy. So uh, yeah, Kenneth Copeland can't be uh, can't be. Also, um, have you heard him preach recently? He's all over the place. It's really hard to follow a train of thought mm-hmm. with Kenneth Copeland. Um, We're yeah. Getting there. So here's here's my issue with uh, Mark Driscoll. Yeah. Um, he uh, has left a wake of hurt people behind him. So yes, he he did build a fifteen thousand person mega church from a house church in Seattle, from a Bible study in Seattle. But um, what is going on with that church now? I believe there's a new podcast out called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Well. Um, and there are, uh, I didn't I didn't share all these tweets that I found on Twitter this week about the, uh, the people that were unbelievably damaged by what he did. You know, he, he, he preached uh, loyalty. He wanted people to uh, be loyal to him and somewhere he lost sight of, of what was important. And uh, maybe he's come back. I'll be honest. I don't know. Maybe he has, I pray that he has, but there, there was damage done. And while Kenneth Copeland um, maybe has gone a little crazy, he has also been featured with some, uh, really cool people uh, on, uh, with autotune and um, <laughs> has shown up in Spotify and on videos and stuff that have brought uh, joy and laughter to a lot of the world. Okay, so your argument against Mark Driscoll is that he's an a- 
Wow. Yes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> that's completely fair because uh, if you've heard him preach, you kind of get that feeling. You know, here's the thing. When uh, when I heard that things were falling apart at Mars Hill, um, I was really just, please don't let it be an adultery thing, yeah. right? Like, don't let there be a problem with him and Grace. That, that wasn't the thing. The thing yeah. is, he was a jerk to his staff, to other people. And, and he, he kind of lost his way. Um, he was brought under church discipline and was uh, allowed to stay the pastor there and chose to walk away from that position. Um, the story of Mark Driscoll doesn't end at the, at the end of Mars Hill because he did plant another church um, in Phoenix, Arizona called Trinity Church that is doing very well talking to, again, a college type of town to the college, you know, that, that, that type of thing. His current message is way softer. Now he's still Mark, like he's still, still pretty harsh. He still makes crass jokes and those types of things, but he definitely presents with a pastor's heart. Closing arguments. Yeah. I think my closing argument for Kenneth Copeland is, while things are not perfect, there is a legacy there that I think could be redeemed. And uh, there there are aspects of his ministry that could still bless people. There, there are people that work for him that carry on a, a ministry that's gr- maybe even greater than he is. His It's his name, but it's it's a it's a better ministry than, than what he's doing now. So in my closing arguments, I want to mimic exactly what you just said, that the story of, uh, of a good pastor and a good preacher and a good ministry is the legacy that it leaves. Um, I don't believe that Mark Driscoll's legacy has finished being written yet. Um, I think that with his children also having the potential of going into ministry, I think that there's a lot that can happen. And with the good work that he's doing at Trinity uh, Trinity Church now, um, I feel like there's a lot of redemption that's happened. Yes, Mars Hill hurt people. So is Kenneth Copeland. And so at the end of the day, really, who has the stronger long-term legacy? I'm going to go to the guy who who yelled at me a lot whenever I needed a pastor and I needed a preacher, and that's Mark Driscoll. I volleyed between the two of you. I think it was really close, so I'm going to call it a draw. No, you can't call it a draw. I, I can call it a draw because you're even. All right, Andre, let's uh, let's pause right here. Okay. Because um, I think people might be tired of hearing us just struggle with the, the words that we're saying in, in this yeah. challenge. This is a really fun game, and it ends wonderfully. However... Uh, it's gone on quite a bit, and yeah. so let's let's pause right here. Uh, give let's take a break here between between rounds, and uh, and we'll be back next week. If you want to engage, please don't come at us a, a, on this. We don't believe any of this stuff we're saying today. But if we want need to, Andre, how do people get a hold of us? Yeah, you can like, comment, and follow us on all the socials. We are at Dropping Sunday on all the things: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah, and uh, we'll leave comments and 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 money and all, do all that normal all that normal yeah. stuff, but. Come back next week. Yes, you gotta you gotta hear how this game is. Yeah, so if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe for next week. And uh and and you'll you'll you will you do not want to miss how the conclusion of this or that. So this or that part two is coming next week. Until then, this is Seth. This is Andrea. This is Julie. And this is Dropping Sunday. <laughs>